0: So, last year at this time, I was doing stand-up comedy, I'm also a comic, hopefully I'm a better pastor than a comic, because last year I drove a hundred miles to do a show, and I got paid five bucks, so I, I didn't do it for the money, I did it for the love of the comedy, I guess, I'm from the area. I grew up in Little, Washington. This is the first time I've ever preached in Pittsburgh, so I am excited. I have done a lot of comedy shows, and I can say there's more people here than at a bar seeing me make jokes. So, thank you for coming. (laughs) So, So, today's message is called, How to See Thorns as Gifts. Christianity in America is being taken over by the American Dream, and then we sprinkle Jesus on top. Um, hopefully, today I'm going to show you that God has good designs, not only in blessings, but in trials. I was born. I was born with cerebral palsy. I'll get into that in a minute. If you don't. You don't need to know what that is, but I promise I'm not drunk up here. I walk and talk like this all the time. So, so my first introduction to Christianity was not good. Um, I was eight years old. Someone took me to a church, and a Sunday school teacher told a class of eight-year-olds that God didn't love me yet because I didn't have enough faith to be healed. So from 8 to 18, I felt rejected by this Heavenly Father, and I was also dealing with anger because my biological father was not in my life. So the message I got about God was He didn't love me. That's it. But today's passage, we are going to look at one of the most powerful statements from the Apostle Paul about trials and suffering. Because when God says no to us, it's for a greater yes. And it's for his glory. Hopefully today you leave here empowered the fact that your thorns are divine opportunities to show how good God is. Think about the ten lepros. Jesus healed them all by grace. They weren't religious. They didn't vote red. They didn't didn't play the part. He healed all ten of these men with leprosy. Only one came back. I always say to people, if I am healed, but I go, go away from that healing, not loving Jesus, That healing was worth nothing. I'd rather live with cerebral apology and love Jesus and live for Him than have two good arms and two good legs and have a heart that's far from Jesus. God has good designs in our trials and our troubles. I know this is not a popular message. I wish I could get up and say, Come to Jesus and you'll get that BMW. Come to Jesus, and you'll never be sick. Come to Jesus, and you'll get that book deal. Okay, that was a Joel Osteen joke. I promise not to make too many more. We have a real God that understands real problems. And being a Christian, you are not exempt from suffering. If you're going to be a Christian, I can guarantee you, in this fallen world, you will suffer. The difference is that we know, as Christians, there are purpose behind our pain. Romans 8.28 says, God will work out all things for the good of those who love him. He doesn't say, all things will be good, does he? No. So... So, the, if you have a Bible, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. And I love that Pastor Chris told me that you guys use the ESV because I am an ESV nerd. It is my favorite Bible translation. Now, I'm not as militant. As King James-only folks, like when I was pastoring uh, a church a couple years ago, we had a man get up and leave during the service because I wasn't preaching from the King James. I don't know about you, but a guy with cerebral palsy needs help with everyday English. I'm not trying to talk in the deeds and vows. I always say to God, don't ever give me the gift the gifts of speaking in tongues because people, people are going to think I'm just a guy with palsy having a spasm. So, if you have that gift, don't be offended. Okay. So, in this passage, Paul tells us first that God gave him a great vision of heaven. And to humble him, he was giving a, given a thorn. Now, there are many interpretations what this thorn could be. Some people think it's a actual demonic oppression thing. Some people think it was a physical ailment. And someone thinks that it was a person inside the church making ministry hard for him. Now, I mean one way and think it's a physical ailment, but even if it's not, we all have things in our life that are thorns. We all have relational thorns. We all have physical thorns or emotional thorns. And as Christians, we are in spiritual warfare. So, you can apply this passage to your everyday life. Here's why this is important for us. Before I read this passage, I want to read Psalm 119.71. It says, It is good for for me that I was affected, that I might learn your statutes. Let me give you some background on how this impacts my life. In 1981, I was born with cerebral palsy. The doctors told my family I will never amount to anything. I would never walk. I would never talk. I would never be intelligent. By the grace of God, I started walking at four. They said I would never be intelligent. They said that my life would never count. And and long story short, at 41 years old, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a father, and I'm a pastor. I've also been a disability rights advocate. I met with people in the White House. I'm, I have done amazing things. But it, it wasn't me. It was the Lord. The Lord takes what is unlikely and does amazing things with it. All He asks us to do is be surrendered. God can do amazing things what the surrender life. When I, was a te- when I was a teenager, I once had a teacher tell me that n- no one would ever love me and that, that my life won't amount to anything. I am living proof that God is bigger than man's opinions of us. So this passage that I'm going to read to you, it's, it saved my life because it made me realize that nothing catches God off by surprise. When I was born in 1981 with CP, it wasn't God who was like, Now what? What am I going to do with this kid? So when He called me into ministry, I couldn't be like, Well, God, no one's going to listen to me. I, I have some real apology. And it wasn't like God was like, Well, I don't know what to do with you. Nothing happens by surprise to God. Not, we are not victims of our circumstances. Too many Christians don't understand this. So in verse 7, after Paul tells us that he had this great vision of heaven, here's what he says. So to keep me from becoming conceited... and weakness. How many people know Debbie Downer from SNL? Debbie Downer, one of my favorite skits. This is, most people, when it comes to trials and suffering in the church, are Debbie Downers. When God doesn't answer their prayer for healing, they become woe with me. They become woe with me. Years and years ago, I'll never forget this. I was in a Bible study, and for, for weeks, this woman came to her Bible study and had a long laundry list of woes. I'm done with Jesus. He doesn't pay my bills. I'm done with Jesus. He doesn't heal me. And she, on this night, she said, "I have a black to- I have a pinky toe that's falling off. Can we pray for it? And the lead pastor who, to be honest, I think he was worn down by this woman. I mean, you guys are great. You never drive the pastor nuts. But she said, can we pray for my foot? And he said to her, we'll pray for you, but you know you can worship Jesus with nine toes just as much as you can with ten. And I'm in the back going, that's my pastor. Yes. Because we all, yes, God God cares about our needs. But a lot of times the secret, Elizabeth Elliot said, the secret is Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. If you're not content with Christ in the valley of suffering, you're not going to be content with him on the mountaintops of prosperity. If you don't come to God for God, and you come, many of us want the gifts, we don't want the giver. We don't want the giver. The fact that I'm standing up here, not being healed on my thorn, and saying God is good, that's a miracle. And that, that is what you need in your life. Come to God for God. Yes, blessings are real. Yes, miracles still happen. But even if you don't get one more healing, Jesus is enough. He's enough. Okay. Let's see if Paul is woe with me. So God told him no. He prayed three times. Lord, take this thorn from me. When people come up to me, I've been living with CP my whole life. And Christians witness to me a a lot. They don't know I'm a pastor. They don't know I'm a pastor. They see me limping. I think they think I'm an easy win. Like, like, I can convert that guy. So I can always tell when people are going to witness to me and... A lot of times, hear how the conversation goes. Hey, buddy, have you ever prayed to be healed? It never crossed my mind. <laughs> no, you're the first person in the history of Christianity that brought that concept to me. See, the thing is, the able-bodied man or the man in the wheelchair, the man in the wheelchair don't need to get up and walk. They're both in the same boat. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. Because if you heal the man's physical need, and he doesn't convert and become a Christian, he goes to hell healed. So, yeah, but I get witnessed to a lot. I wish we had a secret handshake as Christians so we know who's on the team. I know I... I, people see me coming up in a mile away. I, I think I have the market down as guys retrieval palsy with hand tattoos. I don't think there's too many of us out there. So I probably, they probably see me coming a mile away. And they're like, I'm going to get this disabled person saved. And then when I say, one time I told a person, Oh, I'm a pastor. And he goes, No, you're not. I was like, I'm not. You're like, you can't be pastor. I'm like, well, I am. Someone better tell Jesus. Okay. Paul says, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay. I don't see Debbie Downer in there, do you? Okay. Here's the light point. My attitude shows others that blessings and difficulties honor God. The reason why I was born with cerebral apology was to glorify God. That's why. We're not victims of our circumstances. God is sovereign all the time. Before a single thing touches your life, it goes through the hands of a loving Father. And I can say today that God has not kept not one good thing from me. Because, like I said earlier, if being healed meant that I would go away from the Lord, then that's not good for me. But the, the fact that my thorn of CP keeps me humble, breaks me of self-sufficiency, and makes me run to Jesus, I say Amen. Can you say amen? Good. Making me feel at home. Making me feel my Baptist roots. Okay. Here's a light question for you. How do I act when God does not remove difficult things from my life? Or difficult people? Relational thorns are often the har- hardest to heal from. It's kind of hard to trust God when other people break our hearts, but God needs to be our rock. Last year, I was in active pastoral ministry when I went through a divorce as a pastor. I can tell you that going through a divorce was the hardest challenge I ever had to go through over my CP. Me and God was good with cerebral palsy. I was good. I I stopped praying to be healed 15 years ago. My prayer was my prayer with my CP was, God use this for your glory. But when I went through a divorce As a pastor, I was literally living a country song. I was a pastor, and I went through a divorce. My dog died. I lost my car. The only thing I needed was my mom to be in jail, and I would have a number one country song. But it wasn't a country song. It was my life. Divorce wrecked me. It wrecked everything I thought about God. However, what it made me do, because with all my theology degrees, with all my Bible knowledge, it made me a simple child seeking my father. And now in 2022, God is redeeming my story. After taking time away to heal, I'm back in ministry. God brought Sarah into my life. We've been married since March. I'm learning how to be a cat dad. Cats are evil. But they're cute. They're they're, they're cute. But they're evil. They don't need us. They let us just exist. Like dogs need us. They're dumb. Like you can kick them and they're going to come back and love you. But... I'm learning how to be a cat dad, and she's learning how to be a stepmom to my twelve-year-old son, who is a mini version of me. I'm getting God's paying me back for my teen years. He's sarcastic. He got one-liners. He's pretty me in many forms. But the doctors are saying he's gonna be six four, six six. So I need to put the fear of God in him now, so he can't take me in a couple of years, because I'll punch him and say it's a spasm. But like honor, I I couldn't do it, officer. It's CP. I tripped. Okay. So Job two nine through ten in the ESV says this: Then his wife said to him. Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. That's a very supportive wife. Why are you still holding on to your faith in God? Curse, can you imagine men coming home from work, having a bad day, and your wife goes, Curse God and die. Thanks, honey. How was your day? Ego, here's what Job says. You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Here's the deal. Even if the devil is the agent of your trials, he's on a leash. He's on God's leash. Nothing enters your life apart from the will of God. The devil is a created being. He's not God's evil twin. He does nothing apart from what God wills. Okay. I know... I know... I know that for a pastor... Reading from the Message Bible might kill my career, but I'm going to read the Message translation here from Second Corinthians 12, verses 7 and 10. Listen to this. Because of the extravagance of the re- those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he, in fact, did was push me to my knees, no danger of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think, as, think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and he told me, my grace is enough, it's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Tap tap tap. Okay. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began to appreciate the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Christ take, take over and so, so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Listen. I'm living proof of this. The greater that you suffer and that you endure, the greater glory that awaits us. When I get to heaven, the first person to see me without cerebral palsy will be Jesus. Our suffering ends with glory. It does, no matter how long it lasts. Our trials are earning for this life. And whether healing comes or not, our ultimate victory is when we're standing before Jesus. I I tell my friends in the prosperity gospel, why would you take that from me? Why would you take that from me? They beat you up saying, you're not healed because you don't have enough faith. And healing is like salvation. It's a gift of grace. Sometimes God heals, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes your grandma gets healed of cancer, and sometimes she goes home. Both endings have the same purpose. God's glory. When you see that and you grasp that, you take limitations in stride. All right. Okay. This is when Pastor Mike realizes he should have brought his mouth up. Okay. Okay. One sermon work with me. Okay. Here's the takeaways. Here's the takeaway from today's message. We as Christians are never victims of our circumstances. You're in the situation you're in because God has you there for a purpose. Instead of saying, Why me, God, why this trial? I want you to ask, what are you doing in this, God? What are you doing? Because here's what trials do. They glorify God and they sharpen your character. You're either in that trial to glorify God or become more like Christ. Before a single thing touches our lives, it first goes through the hands of a loving Father. Okay, thorns are gifts because they break us of our self-sufficiency and teaches us God is enough. If you feel like you're in a trial and it's extended, it's because you don't quite get the message yet. You're not content with God. You want, you want the blessings of God, Yeah but you're not content with God. Thorns are gifts because they are divine platforms for God to display His glory in our weakness. God loves showing off in us. When people people count us out, He loves showing off in us. My first Sunday as a pastor, six years ago, I had a guy get up and leave my church because he said I didn't belong in the pulpit because I was a cripple and I wore jeans. Well, homie, I can only change one of those things about me. And I'm not going to do it. I'm not a suit guy. Just not me. If I was in a suit, I'm probably probably in court. So I, I wear jeans. But here's the grace of God in that story. Just by being me and loving on this man when I saw him in our town, he went from my loudest critic to never missing a Bible study. Because every time I saw him, I gave him grace. And in my trials, I I gave him a glimpse of Jesus. And he would later go on before he died, apologize to me what he said that day. That's what the gospel does. save people change situations around them. You're in that town, you're in that job, you're in that marriage, you're in that situation for God and by God. And our last takeaway, our limping ends with glory. I might have CP for until I'm 80 or 90. Now, I hope God doesn't let me live that long. I want to have a pretty, I want to keep my pretty face. Like, I hope he takes me at like a good age where people will be at the co- be at the funeral and be like, oh, Pastor Mike was so good looking. Oh, wow. So, so I don't, I hope I'm not like a 90 year old man with CP in a nursing home because I will be that old guy running around naked. I just know it. I just know it. I warned Sarah, don't ever put me in a nursing home. Okay. Here's what Johnny Erickson taught us is. She's a wheelchair user. She was paralyzed at 17. God has used her all around the world from her wheelchair. She has a ministry called um, uh, Wheels for the World where she takes wheelchairs to like Africa and uh, third world nations. Thousands and thousands of people who would never have a wheelchair has a wheelchair in the name of Christ because God allowed her to be paralyzed. Here's what she says. God uses suffering to purge sin from our lives strengthen our commitment to Him, force us to depend on grace, bind us together with other believers, produce discernment, foster sensitivity, discipline our minds, spend our time wisely, stretch our hope, cause us to know Christ better, make us long for truth, leads us to repent of sin, teaches us to give thanks in time of sorrow, increase faith, and strengthen character. Christian, if you have never been through stuff, you can't help people through stuff. You can't. You can't. I meet some pastors who have, they know Hebrew and Greek. They know the Bible front and back. But they, don't, they have never experienced life. And they look like deer in headlights when they deal with someone's pain. They don't know what to do. So here's the thing, as a pastor, going through physical disability, going through abuse as a child, being ridiculed by teachers, being bullied, going through a divorce. When I counsel people, those people know that I've been through some crap. And Christ is still good. That's why you're going through it. We go through it to help someone through it. Maybe I can still be a rapper. When I was 19, I thought I was going to be a rapper. But I I realized there's not a market out there for guys with CP that can't rap. Mike Matthews. I'm the original Eminem. But... Here's what what I want to leave you with. Life leaves us all limping with thorns. The question is not if we will limp, it's will we limp well? Will we limp well? Will we limp for Jesus? I told God a long time ago, if I have to limp, let me limp for you. And if I have to live with cerebral palsy, with this thorn of CP, let it change. Let it impact one person's life. It's all worth it. God doesn't waste our pain. So I want to end my message with this. What has you limping? What is God calling you to trust him with? What thorn in your life that has you prone to be woe is me, what thorn is your opportunity to show others how great our God is? Now, as a pastor, I believe that you say what God put on your heart, and then you shut up. I'm not one of these pastors that will preach 20-point sermons to fill time. So I'm going to end my message, and hopefully, hopefully we beat the church, church crowd for lunch. And if I can exhort you with anything, if you're going to go out to eat today, be a good tipper, tip well, because I have people in the restaurant business, and they hate Sundays. They say the church crowd are often the most demanding. And one time I went out to eat with an elder of mine. And he put down one of those gospel tracts that look like money. And I was like, is that all you're putting down? Like if I got that as a way, church, I'd be mad. But like I had three kids at home and you give me fake money with Jesus on it? It's not even the Biblical Jesus, it's white Jesus. It's Jesus with a mullet. I got news for you, no one in the first century had a mullet. I think that would make the Bible, don't you? Like you see old Bible movies and Jesus is the only white guy a mile around. There's no white people in the Middle East during the first century it's like the biblical Jesus on the money. So I had to go back and give her a $20 tip and say, not all Christians are goobers. Okay. Give them Jesus in a good tip. Grace upon grace, right? All right. So in closing, hopefully Patrick Chris will help me back. All right. want to pray for us. Father, thank you for this church community. Thank you for this opportunity to worship with them and spend time in your word. In your awesome name I pray, amen.